Welcome to Freelance Feels, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance or thinking about it. Every episode I speak to a different person from the self-employed community or a freelancer talking about their story, their experiences and getting all of their advice for you so that you can have a happier freelance time too. Freelance life is often seen as a holy grail and it's not always easy and I hope that these conversations bring comfort, support and advice to people that really need it. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate and review it. And if you'd like to join me and talk more about Freelance Feels, come over and have a chat on Instagram at freelance underscore feels. And now, on with the episode. Welcome to Freelance Feels, a podcast for anyone who is freelance, self-employed or thinking about it. This episode, I'm talking to Tessa Clark, founder of Olio app. Tessa, welcome. Thank you for making the time to speak to us because this is, it's COP26 week. So we're in um, November 2021 and you're a very, very busy lady anyway, but this week (laughs) specifically. So thank you. (laughs) My pleasure. Great to be with you. Would you like to start by telling everybody what you do, what Olio is. Have I said Olio correctly? First yes, of all? you have. Right, yes. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so Olio is an app that exists to tackle the enormous problem of waste in our homes and local communities. And we do that by connecting people with their neighbours so you can give away rather than throw away mm-hmm. your spare food and other household items. And as of last week, you can now also lend and borrow everyday household items, which is super exciting. And then we have another aspect of what we do, which is we have 35,000 trained volunteers and we match, they're called food waste heroes, and we match them up with their local business, which could be a supermarket or a corporate canteen or a bakery. And those volunteers on their allotted time and day will pop out their house across the road. They'll pick up all of the unsold food, They'll take it home, they'll add it to the app within minutes, the neighbours are requesting it, minutes later they're popping around and picking it up. And so that is helping those business locations to have zero food waste. This is amazing. I love it because I'd heard of it a long, that's the wrong question. I was going to say when I'd heard of it, but tell, tell everybody when you set it up, what, what was the beginning? Yeah, so, so we, we, we've been on quite a journey um, and sort of what Olio is today is really quite different than uh, when we started out. So the first version of the Olio app was made available uh, I say made available rather than launched because mm. when there's just kind of you and your co-founder there's nothing so grand as a launch really um, <laughs> so it was kind of made available uh, across the UK at the end of January 2016 and then we've just been sort of slogging away at it uh, until now and actually just last week we passed a major milestone we've had five million people join Olio which is amazing wow. and we've also hit a number of impact milestones as well uh, it's really handy because they're easy to remember numbers. So the sharing that has taken place via Olio is equivalent to having taken 100 million car miles off the road. And we have also saved 5 billion litres of water because what people don't realise is that food production is just insanely water intensive. And you might think, oh, I'm just chucking away an apple or something. But I think, you know, an apple is like 70 litres of water or something crazy like that. So yeah. um so yeah, we've 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 come a long way. We started off obviously, you know, tiny. We we the very first version of Olio really was a kind of proof of concept that we did via WhatsApp 
um, okay. just with kind of 12 people in North London. And we said, hey, you know, if you've got some food and you don't want to throw it away, here are some neighbours you can maybe share it with. And we kind of tested it out that way for two weeks. Uh, but the results of that then gave us the courage and conviction to go ahead and actually kind of build a proper app. Um, and the first version of the Olu app was just available for five postcodes in North London. So yeah, we've come a long way, but still wow. got so much further to go. Yes, it's like... How did it all come about for you? Was there, a, was there a moment where you decided that this was what you felt, I was going to say wanted to do, but it feels like calls to do. Yeah. How did it come about for you? Was, was there that moment where you were like, yeah, something's got to happen here, like the bins were full yes. of <laughs> <flavors>. <laughs> Yes, Yes, the, 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 there was a moment, and you're absolutely right. It does feel like, I mean, it's, it sounds a bit sort of grandiose, but it, it does feel like a mm. calling. It feels like mm. this is why I was put here on this planet um, to do this. So I'm a farmer's daughter, my parents are farmers up in uh, North Yorkshire, so the northeast of the UK. And when you grow up on a farm, you learn firsthand just how much hard work goes mm. into producing the food we all eat every day. You know, for me and my two younger brothers, our childhood was not one of, you know, TV and shopping and, and play dates. It was one of <laughs> feeding cows and moving pigs and, and mending fences and, and all sorts of things. So, so we definitely grew up with a keen appreciation of the value of food and as a result of that I've always had a pathological hatred of food waste and mm. have gone to ridiculous lengths to avoid throwing food in the bin and sort of one of the most ridiculous lengths I went to was um gosh it's almost seven years ago now I was living with my family overseas we were moving back to the UK and on moving day the removal men told me that we had to throw away all of our uneaten food uh, you know and I had kind of six sort of beautiful big sweet potatoes a big shrink wrapped sort of white cabbage mm. and a bunch of other stuff and I was like there is no way I'm going to put that food in the bin like that's just not happening so much the irritation of the removal men I stopped packing and instead sort of bundled up my newborn baby and toddler which for those of your listeners with kids will know that that in and of itself took about 45 minutes <laughs> yes. so I then kind of was out in the streets with the those two sort of clutching this food hoping to find someone to give it to and to cut a long story short I failed miserably Oh. Um, I actually cried because I was so upset that I'd gone to all this effort to try and save this food and had failed. Um, but I wasn't to be defeated. So I went back to my apartment and when the removal men weren't looking, I actually kind of smuggled the non-perishable food into the bottom of my packing boxes. Uh, and I remember that moment so vividly because that was when I just thought, wow, this really is crazy. The lengths I'm going to now to avoid throwing uh, food in the bin. And I'd worked in the digital world for a good 10 years at that point in time. And I knew there was an app for apps. I mean, everything. And yeah. I just couldn't believe there wasn't an app where I could share my food with a neighbor, you know, just like advertise it and whoever wanted it would pop around and pick it up. And so, yes, that was absolutely kind of the light bulb moment for Olio. And then um, most people I told about this concept of a kind of neighbor to neighbor food sharing app thought I was absolutely bonkers and should perhaps <laughs> get off maternity leave and, and <laughs> run away from baby brain and go back to work. Um, but luckily my co-founder, Sasha, um, I told her about this idea and she immediately got it. And we then researched the problem of food waste and what we discovered absolutely horrified us. So globally, a third of all the food we produce each year gets thrown away, which is worth over a trillion US dollars. Mm. Alongside that, we have 800 million people who go to bed hungry every night. And even here in the UK, we have over yeah. 8 million people living mm. in food poverty. So we've got widespread waste, we've got widespread hunger. And then we were really shocked to discover the environmental impact of food waste. So if it were to be a country, food waste would be the third largest source of greenhouse gas emissions after the USA and China. 
And that's because a landmass larger than China is used every single year to grow food that's never eaten. And so that is, you know, land that is being deforested sort of mm. as we speak. It's soil that's been degraded, species driven to extinction, indigenous populations displaced. A quarter of humanity's fresh water is used to grow food that's never eaten. And then it goes on this crazy long supply chain. Yeah. And then when we toss a third of it in the bin, when food decomposes without access to oxygen, it creates methane, which is 25 times more deadly than CO2. So as you can tell, <laughs> we went through this horrific sort of yeah. dystopian nightmare experience of discovering the truth about our food system and food waste. And once we had discovered that, we knew we couldn't turn our, our back on it. And mm. I think that's sort of, you know, if I had to give advice to anybody who is thinking about doing anything entrepreneurial, a really big mistake that I made because I'd wanted to do something entrepreneurial for quite a few years. Mm. The big mistake that I made was I sort of wander around thinking, oh, but I haven't got an idea. I haven't got an idea. Mm -hmm. And I've now realized I was going about it completely the wrong way. I should have just opened my eyes and gone about looking for a problem that I was passionate about solving. You know, and if I had to do it now, I'd probably just spend a day walking around with, you know, a notebook on my phone and just mm. jotting down every single problem I encounter and then figuring out which ones am I really passionate about and then kind of deep diving into that. Because Doing something entrepreneurial is hard. It, it's emotionally exhausting. Um, mm. And unless you've got that fire in your belly of like having a real mission, a real purpose, then I think it'd be really difficult. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty there, because I think a lot of people can see the success moments. And like this week when you've announced that, 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 that people can now borrow and, and lend and that kind of thing. And it's like, oh gosh, look, isn't it, you know, going from strength to strength. It's like that real moment there where you just sort of said, oh, actually, do you know what? No, it's... It's really well, difficult I'll, and challenging I'll, 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 and oh thank you for your honesty there I really well like, I'll, I'll like give you an, you another said. I'll yeah. give you another piece of honesty because you can see me <clears> and you can see that my hair is soaking wet and I've just come out of the shower <laughs> and in the shower I had this real light bulb moment and I realized that actually being a startup founder is like being in an emotionally abusive relationship <laughs> in that you spend so much of your time fantasizing about like what could be <laughs> mm. and 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 this wonderful sort of view of the world and future and you spend so much of your time being profoundly disappointed and let down but then every now and then you get these wonderful things that happen that sort of reignite your hope and you kind of start that cycle um all over again so yeah but that that was my you know if I had to synthesize what it feels like <laughs> to be a startup founder it can feel a lot like being in uh yeah in an emotionally yeah. abusive situation I often say freelancing is like dating yeah, 100%. because there's that idea where you're looking for clients. It's like who's a good match. It's like swiping yeah. on an app and all that kind yeah. of thing, and then it's like you get ghosted. And so 100%. I like the analogy of the relationship because we go in and out of yeah. love with it as well. Like sometimes yeah. we're the ones that don't yeah. give it enough love. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but yeah, sometimes you're like, right, I just don't want to do. Well, for I don't sure. want to be an entrepreneur today. Yeah, um, you just got to. Sometimes you just like, I'm done. I'm full up. Yeah, I've got to just, just got to step away. I've got to find a way to recharge and refuel and, mm. and fall back in love again. Yeah, 100. percent what do you do when you come across those moments? Do you have advice and tips of things that work for you of how you do recharge and regroup? Well, for me, what I try and do is, is a little and often approach rather than let it kind of build up too much until it becomes unbearable. Mm. Um, so I, again, I realized like super early on in the first year of Olio was the worst year of my life. Um, it, it was so, mm. so challenging. I had a newborn baby. I had a toddler. Um, we had just bought a house that, you know, 
nearly completely renovating it hadn't been touched for like 70 years so mm. we were kind of living out of a room whilst my husband was doing that I had no childcare support um and then my husband and his wisdom decided to buy a, a bloody puppy which kind of peed and pooped absolutely everywhere you know and it was just and I was trying talking to, to a of, puppy lover here though yeah. so I'm like I'm the puppy girl <laughs> it, it was just all too mm. much and I just yeah and, and just looking after sort of a newborn and a toddler whilst trying to found a business it, mm. I reached the end of that year and I was just like oh my god like this cannot continue um and that was such a turning point for me because that January I recognized I couldn't carry on mm. and so I said okay what can I do about this and the first just first step I took which was a really small one was I just decided to book myself into a gym class at 9 30 on a Monday morning and 9 30 on a Friday mm-hmm. and first first class I went to I, I ended up crying at the end on the instructress it was just like it was just such oh. a weird emotional thing yeah. but um but that was definitely and I spent the whole time thinking oh my gosh it's the working day and I'm sort of in a gym class someone's going to come and tap me on the shoulder and tell me off and you know, <laughs> yep. tell me to get oh, back to my desk <laughs> but now now I've got a full 360 on that and I realized mm-hmm. that the most important thing I can do for my business is to go to a gym class mm-hmm. go for a walk go for a run um do something for me and I always schedule that into the working day I mm-hmm. never try and do it sort of at the crack of dawn or at the end of the day because that's just not going to work for me and that's been just life-changing and I listen to podcasts when Mm -hmm. I'm running so I'm kind of out I'm in the fresh air I'm listening to a podcast which kind of also helps give me the incentive to do it Um, and that really has been a lifeline for for sort of keeping me sane through um, through the journey and then the second thing I'd say it comes back to what I was talking about at the beginning is having a mission Mm -hmm. so you absolutely can have those days where you're just like, why? Why am I bothering? I'm just giving out so much. And I'm <laughs> relating. Spent. Um, but then you you just reconnect with your mission. Or for mm. me, I can just go onto the back end system. I can see all the food that's coming onto the app and I'm reminded, aha, this is this is why I'm doing it. Yes. Or we'll get lovely emails from our users just telling us these most incredible, heart-wrenching stories. And I realize actually, you know, one, my work is having a massive impact, and two kind of get over myself there are a lot of people who are suffering a lot more than mm. I am um, and so I think that perspective is really helpful too I love that advice because anyone can do that with whatever they're doing can't they it might not be yeah. that they have an app where they can see that traffic in particular but people often sort of say to me you know we don't actually take time to stop and say what we've done or what we've achieved rather yeah. than always looking forwards to the next thing and what shall I do yeah. next and what else shall I plot and plan and what else do I need to get done rather than saying oh, hold on a minute what, what am I doing right? What's actually yeah. working? And, and what am I achieving? Not what would I like to achieve? Yeah, I've got it on my kind of to-do list to um, create a little sort of like audio book of love or something where I just Ooh. put sort of things that, that I can go to and look at and just be reminded of the good stuff when it gets kind of really hard. And um, I, I'm sure that that sort of concept is something that probably lots of people can do because... Yes. Um, you know everybody who's listening will have done some amazing things and actually if you just pull those all together in one place and then just give yourself a bit of rejuvenation by taking a look at it um I think I think that could be really powerful yeah now this came up in um I was being coached by somebody and I decided my friend had bought me a glass jar it's actually um really it's a glass to drink out of but it's a cactus which is a similar freelance feels and I then decided, and I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to print out things that nice things people have said about freelance feels, like testimonials, fold them up and put them in. And then when you're feeling a bit rubbish, you can go to the jar and be like, okay, lucky dip. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's a bit like the uh, the audio book of yeah. love sounds like an actual book though. You could write it. <laughs> there you go. You know, I, probably, I probably could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all about your journey and your and the, I'm so fascinated by the sort of the real simple element of it sharing. Yeah. And that makes me think of how we share in the freelance world, but also then how that then has grown into a business for you from something from such a small seed of an idea in terms of let's just share what we don't need anymore yeah. has turned into your your working life it's, yeah it's, it's quite sort of quite moving in a way do you feel like that about it do you feel like god look what I've created is there that freelance <laughs> joy moment well do you know again if I'm being really honest mm. I don't mm. um and again I probably should mm. because I, I spend 99% of my time and I'm sure everyone who's listening can relate just constantly striving mm. for kind of what next right I, you know I can remember sort of the day we hit a million people who joined Olio, it's like, wow, that is like phenomenal. But yeah. or immediately, like, I've got to get to 2 million and then I've got to get to 5 million. And then when I get to 5 million, I've got to get to 10. And when I get to 10, I've got to get to 50 and 50 to 100 and, and on and on and on. Um, which is why you do have to... Um, so I do spend my time constantly striving for more and thinking we've got to do more. But I, I think that's part of the kind of human condition for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. And so I'm sort of at ease with that. The thing that I'm really try and make sure though is that I check in with myself often and just say you know am I happy am I enjoying myself like am I leading the life that I want to lead mm. am I um and again I, I kind of went through a process of really thinking about this I remember um realizing one day I was like oh my gosh I have like 10 balls that I'm trying to juggle it's like I've got to be a good mom I've got to be a good wife I've got to be a good stepmom I've got to be a good daughter a good sister a good friend I've got to exercise I've got to eat right I've got to look after my mental health, you know, and, and, and. And I was like, yeah. I can't do all, like, I just can't do all of that. There's not enough hours in the day. And so I just thought, you know, what, I'm just going to kind of cut myself some slack and I'm actually going to prioritize amongst those things and be really um, considered about of those 10 things, which ones are the most important ones to me at this stage in my life. Um, and so, for example, right now, you know, I've got young kids. And so now is the time when I need to be and want to be most present, you know, so they're prioritized uh, along with Olio and my husband kind of mm -hmm. above and my well-being. They're the kind of ones that I really keep at the top. And then everything else, I'm just kind of recognizing that I can't be as good as I'd like to be mm. in those areas, but I'm just not going to beat myself up about it. Yeah, that's really lovely. I like the idea of the priority list as well, because that's something yeah. else you can check in with and say, hold on a minute. Does this thing need to happen today? Or actually, would it be really fun to go and kick some leaves in the park with the kids yeah. after school or yeah, whatever? Yeah, exactly. How old are your children now? Do you mind me asking? Well, I mean, my youngest has literally grown up in parallel to Olio. So she um, has just turned seven. And my little boy is eight, about to turn nine next week. Brilliant. And does it, is there an element there for you as well as being a role model? Because you're, you know, you're creating something that's so very embedded in, in the sustainability yeah. world. Is there a role model element there for you sort of, I guess, both as an entrepreneur, as a founder, and also because of what you do? Yes, for mm. sure. So, you know, that is something actually I will allow myself to say, do you know what, mm. I am proud of that, um, oh. which is the fact that, um, you know, I am the person who kind of works full time in our family. Uh, and my husband yeah. um, is the one that's kind of supporting behind the scenes. And I'm, I'm just so thrilled that my children can see that and that is entirely normal for them and they understand why given my husband's and I's relative strengths and weaknesses and our partnership why that makes sense mm. um, and I really really love that um, and in particular for uh, my little girl where when you have a 
a young girl, you suddenly mm. realize, become aware to just all these really, really horrific, implicit sort of gender biases that are just being pumped down their throats all day long. And so it's really nice to try and kind of do my little bit to try and counteract some yeah. of that. Yeah, to show yourself as, look, mommy's, yeah. mommy's running this big business. And yeah, I guess the kind of lifestyle you can have as well, you can sort of show oh. the flexibility of freelancing. Amazing. I mean, yeah. honestly, uh, I would wish this gift to so many people I, I look at you know I had a long corporate career um, and I we've built Olio to be a remote first business from the ground up and for so 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 many people that is such a brilliant way to lead your life um, I think it enables you to lead your full life I am so present for my children I mean normally you'd think being a startup founder you know, it is one of the most stressful jobs that mm. you can do and if you do it in an office-based environment, I think it really does, you know, can mean that you are not present for your family. But for me, because we work from home and we've taken that real kind of, I guess, you know, freelance type ethos, yes. um, it has enabled me to be next level present for my kids and for them to contribute an input. So, you know, I, I will share some of our marketing materials with the kids and ask for their opinions, you know, and they, and they, really? you know, they, they, cool. they really kind of, they, they get involved, they yeah. enjoy it. And I, again, I think that's um, a really, really positive thing. And the other thing I've realized is that we're all different for so long. We've been forcing all these sort of, you know, square pegs to fit in the round hole mm -hmm. of a corporate office life. And yeah. um, it doesn't bring out the best in, in so many people, especially people who are more um, introverted um and who kind of do their best work in peace and quiet um mm -hmm. uh, and i am really excited like through we've taken this sort of remote first model we've actually been able to um recruit such a diverse team as well and that's been a massive kind of unexpected but retrospectively obvious mm. win for this model because you know, lots of other businesses are, say oh i struggle to get um, you know, women, or I struggle to get people from different socioeconomic classes, or I struggle to get neurodiversity, or I struggle to get people from um, different ethnicities. Mm. Whereas for, you know, that's because often they're recruiting for people to work in an office in central London, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and immediately you just screen out all of that diversity. Whereas if you remove that constraint, then suddenly um, it's really easy to recruit um, a diverse team and the other thing I've also realized is that you know, some people are early morning birds they do their best work early in the morning some yeah. people are late night owls and again Raising it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a late nighter it <laughs> makes no sense to yeah. force us all to conform no. to this sort of monolithic nine to five mm. type approach um, so we believe at Olio in truly autonomous truly flexible working and what we've discovered is that people love that you know everybody loves that why should it be just be the big boss who mm. gets to have flexibility and autonomy i absolutely love that and you're so right i mean i've had people join courses like someone joined there was a, it's an english person but they were in, living in new york and i thought god if i was running these in person in a in a town in a, a hall or something or a workspace i'd have to pay for the workspace and i'd also have yeah. lost out on anybody who yeah you're right the sort of the hub of london has, has, has changed completely and i guess when lockdown happened and the pandemic you were already working the way a lot of people then have to shift yeah 100 like, well this is how we do it anyway this is yeah for, for us it was yeah. in terms of kind of ways of working there was no change mm. whatsoever. and i think the other difference 
is, is that we've done it from the ground up. Yeah. Lots of businesses then had to sort of try and adapt to it. Um, and I think there is a real difference when you've done it sort of from the ground up first principles. Yeah. yeah. And it's from your experience as well. Like you yeah. said, you know, you were at home with the kids and you're thinking, well, can I still launch a business as well? Well, yes. If yeah. someone doesn't expect you to get on the tube in the morning and go. Yeah. To well, 100, 100%. Can, yes. <laughs> I can remember just doing the maths and it was like, okay, so the typical person spends between, you know, kind of half an hour to an hour, kind of one way. Mm. So between an hour and two hours commuting every single day. So I'm like, that's five to 10 hours. Yeah. And it's like, even if you just, you just split that down the middle, the company gets 50%, you get 50%. Everyone's a winner. Yeah, exactly. And then there's the environmental impact, I guess, yep. as well, since that's part of so very much what you do, you know, that you're not then using cars and totally. other transport, yeah. et cetera. So yeah. um, I'd love it if you wanted to tell everybody sort of what you've been doing this week for COP26 and, and what that means for you as a company, kind of, I guess, the idea of being self-employed in the sustainable world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's been happening for you this week? And I know you've launched the the borrowing. Are you saying borrowing or yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so we've we've done sort of um, two things. Um, so the first thing is we have launched a new feature in the Olio app, which connects people to the neighbours to lend and borrow everyday household items. So cool. books and board games and kids' fancy dress costumes and kitchen appliances and you know a screwdriver and a drill and yeah. all, all those and a cat carrier um, and a camping stove. All those things that you know we've got hundreds of thousands yeah. of things that are in our that homes. Show up on marketplace for fiber yeah, yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah. We, that, that we don't that are just the world's precious resources mm. trapped in our homes that are not being used you know like i've got a pasta maker and it's used two or three times a year i would love to say it's used every week but it's not and i'm so excited to be lending that out to neighbors right and yeah. to, have, to have that being used um and uh, people kind of benefiting from that yeah. so we've launched um borrow mm-hmm. uh, and then the second sort of major thing that we have done is we've launched a really 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 hard hitting um tv ad and mm-hmm. also uh, out of home campaign and the basic premise of it is that we have taken a group of school children including um mine and sasha's kids as well and they sing a really really sort of haunting rendition of louis armstrong's song what a Mm -hmm. wonderful world except the twist is that they're singing it on one of the uk's largest landfill sites and it's really about just bringing the truth Mm -hmm. of our incredibly you know wasteful way of living um into people's homes kind of via the tv Mm. uh, because people might not know but globally households throw away two billion tons of trash Mm. every single year and here in the uk um, a typical household generates over a ton of rubbish every single year and so we're really you know the main sort of message is olio's strapline we've all got to share more and waste less and and we've got to move away from this sort of consumption fueled um, society and, and economics that we have yeah fancy dress you mentioned that and I, I see in the shops at the moment all the Christmas stuff is in mm. and you get tempted by all these sparkly glowy well I do anyway because I'm a bit of a shiny magpie but yeah you sort of then think hold on a minute a I probably have things I'm not using that someone else might make use of this season everything from I guess wrapping paper if we've got excess wrapping paper from last Christmas well see if someone else wants that then if you really desperately want to buy a different type this year yeah and this is ideal for freelancers, right? Because we're all at home. We've all got things like books we don't want anymore. The freelance community seems like one of the ideal customers for Olio, one of the ideal 100, users. Well, 100%, yeah. because um, 
Let's share kind of it out, freelancers. Yeah, well, <laughs> so we have so many freelancers who use Oyo mm-hmm. because it's such a nice way just to break up the day, to like pop yeah. out the house to go borrow something or pick something up um, or to have someone pop around your door and, and take something that you don't want anymore. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a really nice bit of kind of social interaction that can be as little um, as you want. I just leave it outside or it can be mm. as much as you want. People tell us they have you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 minute conversations on the doorstep. Um, yeah. So yes, I think it's really, really, oleoing is very well suited to the freelancing lifestyle. Oh, I love it. It's got a firm oleoing. Yes. Oh, I love <laughs> yeah. that. Oleoing and oleoers. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. This is awesome. And I'm ashamed to say I'm not on the app, but as soon as we finish this conversation, I'm downloading it. Good. Of, I'm looking around my office, which is bit of a junk site at the moment because it's in progress but I'm like, oh my god I could well there's those books for a start and there's this I was so excited I, I was running around the house I'm just like an absolute lunatic this weekend because we just launched the borrow section kind of on Friday mm. and then on and I put up a whole load of books and on Saturday I had someone uh, request to borrow one of my books and he popped around to pick it up on Sunday and I was just it was so exciting for me I was yeah. like wow just yeah, and then, and especially with something like a book, there's a real connection. There's a reason why mm. he's wanting to read that book. There's a reason yeah. why I read it and we both will have thoughts about it. And it's just such a, um, yeah, such a lo- lovely thing. Yeah. So please do um, go to the app store, Olio, O-L-I-O, yes. and uh, give it a go. Brilliant. And is there an, anything else you'd like to share in terms of where people can find it? Is there, where, where can yeah, they do so the app, advert, app store, for example? Um, so to download the Olio app, go to the app store or Google Play, or if you just search for Olio in any um, search engine. Brilliant. And on social media, we're at olio.app. And if you follow us on any of the social media accounts, you will see um, our, our TV ad and the even more sort of powerful behind the scenes video, which we um, are also starting to share as well. And if you watch telly, then keep an eye on uh, Sky ITV Breakfast uh, for the next month. And then over the Christmas period, we'll be on Channel 4 a little bit as well. Brilliant. Christmas advert season, isn't it? We won't mention well, the so, big ones. But yeah. Well, so, so this is, I mean, again, this is why we're so excited about this campaign, because mm. it's just going to be such a powerful juxtaposition to all the kind of Black Friday and Christmas excessive yeah. consumerism adverts. And then hopefully interspersed with our ad which is just mm. like and this is what happens to all that crap that you buy you know we've yeah. done some market research which has shown that 36 percent of people throw christmas presents in the bin oh on boxing God, day don't. oh on boxing day I know. i've got my I head know. in my hands i also get I know. people can't see me i'm like oh, it's, it's it's heartbreaking so again we just want people sharing more and wasting less oh that makes me feel a bit sick it's just like yeah. wow what a society we live in that's um Goodness, you've really given me a lot to think about. I don't think Sorry, but on a so positive much. note, yes. on a positive <laughs> note, you know, um, no, it's good, though. It's good to get thinking, you know. It's it, well, it is, and never under, underestimate the power of your, your actions and your behaviours. So we mm-hmm. always say, you know, it was billions of little actions that got us into the climate crisis in the first place. So billions of little actions can help get us out of it. And mm. it feels really, really good to give something away rather than throw it away. Yeah, 100%. Oh, thank you. That's brilliant. I'd love to get a piece of advice for anybody who is considering going for it in either the app space or yeah. the sustainable and or both. What yeah. would be your sort of one piece of advice for people that are thinking, I would like to launch an app? I, I think I have well, got a problem that I could solve, like you said. I've before. got several pieces of advice. So one, oh. start off with the, the problem that you want to solve and do not get attached to your idea. You need to stay very focused on the problem and then be mm. quite flexible and nimble in terms of how you're prepared to solve the problem. Yeah. Second thing I'd say is do not go and launch an app right away. Mm. Um, it's expensive. The vast majority of apps um, fail. So 
try and find a low cost or no cost way of testing your concept web, using an existing platform. It could be a Facebook group or mm-hmm. on Instagram or LinkedIn or something like that. And then the third thing I'd say to absolutely everybody is to read a book um, called The Mom Test, M-O-M Ooh. Test by Rob Fitzpatrick. It's the cool. most little, small little book. It's an amazing um, way of explaining how to do proper market research so you don't kind of fool yourself into getting the answers you want. And the fourth piece of advice would be to read another equally powerful book called The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. And that whole sort of methodology of start small, test, measure, learn, and do that kind of on a cycle um, it has really been game-changing for us at Olio. Tessa, thank you so much. No worries, my pleasure. inspired, and I'm sure everyone listening will do as well. So I really Fabulous. appreciate it. And um, yeah, wish you all the best with it. I'll be keeping thank my you. eye out for what's next. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.